Trading Nut, episode 196. I see two different types of traders. I see traders who have an extremely high value in trading. It's what they do. It's what they love. Um, the, the best trader I know has that. He has an extremely high value in trading. It's all he does. Um, he dedica- dedicates his life to it. He doesn't really do anything else. Um, there's also traders who have trading as a means to an end, which is fine. I'm not saying one's good, one's bad. But sometimes trading can be an extremely high value too. It's all you do. Sometimes it can be a means to just create income to then do what you love. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than... I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax. Learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial trading or investing advice of any kind. What's up, traders? Welcome to another installment of the Trading Up Podcast. I'm your host, Cam Hawkins, and today we've got Pat Bailooney on the show. Now, Pat is a trading mindset coach, so if you've ever struggled with uh, revenge trading, uh, strategy hopping, all this sort of stuff, then this episode is going to be for you. So it's going to help you get over those hurdles, and I've had a number of different mindset coaches on before. Everyone's got a slightly different view, and Pat's view is different again. So it's good to get all these things together and meld them into something that's going to work for you. So um, Pat's helped people pass prop firm trading challenges, so if that's your struggle, then this could be for you as well, as well as withdrawing from them, as well as other bigger you know, traders with huge uh, account sizes that trade profitably even he helps them so these are successful traders that he helps so um pat's a trader himself and what he's going to do is in a video after this uh interview he shows us how a trader's mindset works whilst going through a price chart okay so we're going to literally walk through a price chart and you're going to see what the thinking patterns are and where things can fall apart so a great little video to check out after checking out this interview Um, The other thing people do come to me with from a mindset point of view is they say, I've got this great strategy, but I just can't execute it because my mindset's not right. I've tried tried over the course of a number of months and I keep screwing it up. Now, um, they come to me because I teach you how to build trading robots with my Robot Builders Club. Uh, There's a free robot to download underneath the video to give you uh, an idea of what can be achieved. And you can pretty much turn anything into a trading robot within reason. So it's got to be mechanical. Uh, So you can even semi-automate some of it. So if you've got discretionary stuff, then just semi-automate the stuff that is uh, mechanical and use buttons on the chart and that sort of thing. So just some ideas there, folks. Um, Enough from me. Let's hear from my sponsors and then get on with the interview. After hundreds of interviews, I've worked out that on average it takes about five years to become a profitable trader. But what if there's a way you could get there in one? Well, my sponsor City Traders Imperium understands that 95% of your battle is down to mindset. So they created a mindset program called Build Your Edge. Within two months, you'll have the skills and knowledge to become consistent enough to help you pass any funded trader program. To find out more, click the link in the description below or the card above. All right, folks, here we are on Trading What We've Got. Pat Bailooney here in the house all the way over there in the Melbourne. Welcome to the show, Pat. Thanks for having me, Cam. Good to be here. Well, guys, Pat's a, uh, a performance mindset coach for traders, and I know you've 
helped a lot of traders get funded as well. Uh, I've seen them, uh, seen the, the testimonials on your site, and uh, and I know you work with some prop firms as well to to help other traders get funded. So today we're going to sort of get a view of your journey to today and how you got into this gig, as well as uh, some real sort of I suppose unique thinking around the mindset side of trading, which I think is going to help a lot of traders out there. So, Pat, welcome to the show. Um, to start off with, do you want to? Let the guys know how you got into this uh, into the space. Yeah, perfect. Um, well, my journey started about six years ago. Um, I started as a, as a trader myself. I still am a trader. Um, and uh, I had those, uh, I guess, those initial curiosities like a lot of people do about the financial markets. And um, my journey actually started on LinkedIn. Where I got one of those free trials um, and I started outreaching to people who had Forex in their, in their bio, in their name. Um, and I was actually lucky enough to stumble across a gentleman um, who was happy to give me some sort of mentoring and coaching or some guidance early on. Um, and that started a, a two-year one-on-one mentorship this, with this gentleman called Mike, um, who was part of a quite a big community at the time, and he shared some insights. And it, in a sense, gave me a lot of confidence to get started. Um, and I went off and, and learned that strategy Mike taught me initially uh, um, and did pretty well on it. That's where I picked up my first first round of investment. Um, and this was back before I even knew about prop firms. This was a, a private round of investment. Not that I recommend doing that. I think the prop firms are so well set up nowadays. Um, and then I went off and, and uh, after that, in terms of trading, I learned from a lot of different communities and created my own little styles and found what worked for me, found what didn't. Um, but it was with that initial round of funding where it was going well initially uh, but then I had a, a significant losing streak and I ended up having to, to give that capital back. And that was a that was a huge turning point in my journey because I realized how vulnerable human beings can be when it comes to money, losing money um, and trading in general. And that was the point that really highlighted the importance of psychology and mindset. After losing that particular round of funding, I was I was really down. I was, you know, um, I, I didn't handle it well. It really brought to surface a lot of challenges I had, not only in trading, but in life as well. And it all came to surface. Um, and it was from that point, like I mentioned, that it really highlighted the importance of psychology and mindset. And I went deep on my studies in, in human behavior and psychology. I studied under some great mentors in the field. Um, and I went off and learned. I really wanted to understand the human mind and understand what was going on inside me uh, so I could put things in place to help me become a better trader. I was always interested in the psychology side of things, the human behavior, the philosophy. Um, that was always extremely interesting to me. But it was that point that, you know, was a real big catalyst. Uh, I'm going to invest in my education. I'm going to go study. I'm going to put the time, energy, and effort. Um, and it was from that learning that I started to create my own principles, my own ideas to help me become a better trader. Um, and it was from that point where a lot of people started to ask me. I was in different communities at the time. People started to ask me what I was doing different. I started to share some ideas and sh- share some things and do some you know, quick one-on-one calls to help some individuals. Um, and it really started to grow from there. I found that I loved helping other people. I found how rewarding it was when I shared a particular principle, tool, or insight with someone and they started to get better results. Um, and it started to, to compound from there. I did some more one-on-one work. I eventually started to started my the education performance coaching business I run now, Master Your Trading Mindset. Um, and then I started to consult for some prop firms, uh, consult for med- education companies, and it just started to grow from there. So it was really my own challenges and problems that I initially wanted to fix, and that started to catapult and, and grow into, in, into what I do now. And hopefully today I can share some of those um, insights, some of those principles that will help 
the audience, um, help you guys and girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's that's a little brief overview of my journey. And and do, I mean, just to sort of fill in the blanks there. I mean, do you want to let let us know what you were doing, like from school? What did you do in school? And then, uh, you know, jobs you had before you got to the point where you decided to to start trading. Yeah. So uh, I, at at uni, I went to I went to uni for six months. Um, I studied a, a commerce. Well, I was studying a, a commerce degree. Um, at, at Melbourne University, but I found that wasn't for me. Um, and really, job-wise, I only really worked part-time jobs. Um, I was an athlete uh, throughout school and throughout uni and that type of stuff. I, I was a volleyball player for Australia, so I had a bit of an athlete background um, that I really loved. I still love, um, you know, going to the gym and, and, and working my body and stuff. And I think there's a there's a big uh, there's a there's a big connection between athletes and that type of stuff and, and trade, which we can touch on a little bit later, I think. Um, but uh, job-wise, I worked in, in education for a couple of years um, and I was a presenter and a speaker for an education company. So a, a weird mix. I mean, I was always more entrepreneurial. I always wanted to study. I always wanted to do my own thing. A lot of odd businesses and stuff as, as I was growing up. Um, but yeah, it all it all, all sort of led to trading. It all sort of led to um, education, performance coaching which okay. is what I do now. Yeah. Cool. And, and so, so that sort of answers my next question, which is like, how did you have the time to, to get to the point where you were able to get funding and, and trade full time at that point? Well, I, I just loved it, Cam. It's, it's like, um, it's like, I really loved this thing. I, I was going to get it done. It's like, even if I was busy, I would, yeah. I think, I think, I think you always find time to do the things that you want to do, um, find time to do the things you love. So um, yeah, time, time was never really an issue because I just knew I loved I knew I wanted to do it, so so I got it done. Um, and I think that's a real that's a real common theme. It's something I look for nowadays with traders. Um, a trader has to have a high enough value on on trading and getting funded. And if they do, they're gonna they're gonna get it done. If they don't, they're gonna find excuses. Um, so I think that's a I think that's a really I think that's a key thing that that was clear for me early on and clear successful traders I see nowadays is that they just have such a high value on the thing that even if they have busy lives, they find time or they make time to get to a particular goal. And so, so how did you, uh, how did you actually get the funding in the, in the first place? Well, the, the initial round of funding that I got was, um, uh, was a private round, like I mentioned, and I had some friends that were, uh, you know, wealthy. They were, they were, they were lawyers at the time. Um, and they were also in trading. One of the individuals was also a, a trader and investor. Um, and he came to me with the idea that I was trading this particular strategy, the strategy, the initial one I learned from Mike. Um, and he wanted to he wanted to start a little thing together where they'd pull together some capital um, and I would manage it and would oversee it like a little bit of a, a business operation. Um, and that's really that that's really how we got started. I mean, this was this was before. I even knew about prop firms. I'm not sure if prop firms were around at the time. They probably were. Um, but again, I just wanted to, I knew I had a good track record with that particular strategy. Um, one thing looking back on it, I didn't go through enough seasons with that particular strategy, right? I didn't I didn't see enough market conditions with that particular strategy, which was the, the downfall of the strategy really, um, or the, down, the downfall of me trading that strategy is I hadn't been through enough seasons with it. Um, but yeah, we pulled together the capital and we managed it. It's like, I knew I wanted to trade. 
I knew the strategy was doing well at the time based on the data I had. Um, and I just wanted to leverage that. I had an opportunity to, to work with some individuals who were happy to put together some, some money. We put together a little bit of a, a private investment contract, private deal. And again, I'm, I'm not recommending this at all. I don't think nowadays with the prop firms, it's the wiser option. I think it's so much safer to go through a prop firm. Everything's already established. All the legalities are done. Um, but I just didn't have access to that at the time. I wanted to trade. So I went through the, the, I wanted to trade more capital, I should say. So I went through the private private deal. And so can, uh, we'll get into the mindset stuff right in a second, but can I just ask what happened at the very end there? You sort of said, you know, you had a string of losses in the end. And how did, yeah. how did you call quits on that? What was the sort of deciding factor? Well, this is a great question. And I want to share some because I've done a lot of, I've gone back to this moment. I've done a lot of sort of analysis in my own head. Um, but pretty much what happened was that it was a big losing streak. It was a lot of the, the, the things, the common challenges traders face, like revenge trading, um, you know, cutting, cutting losers too quickly, letting, uh, sorry, cutting wins too quickly, letting losers run, um, all because I was on tilt, all because I was emotional. And I, it was interesting to see myself react that way when I look back on it. Um, but went through a losing streak. We had already built in safeguards into the contract saying that if this happens, we would terminate the contract, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that's what happened. It was a losing streak um, and we, we terminate the contract and I get, gave the money back. Now, the reason it was so painful for me, Cam, at the time was because I was holding on to this fantasy or this idea. I had this unrealistic expectation of myself of who I was as a trader, how much money I was, I was managing. Um, and when I look back on it now, if I'm being completely honest with myself, I wasn't ready for that particular funding then, right? Um, but in that moment, because I was so attached to this fantasy, to this unrealistic expectation that oh, I wanted to be managing that cap and I couldn't let go of that, giving the money back was extremely painful. It was depressing. It was, it was, it put me down so much because I was attached to that fantasy, that unrealistic expectation. Um, and this is really what I talk about now. Um, we can talk about it more extensively later on in the interview, but it's really important to be aware of sort of the expectations you have on yourself the fantasies you're attached to and to really get grounded and present with what's actually happening now and find how whatever's happening now is, is an advantage to you, how you can use it to your advantage. So when I look back on it, that was the perfect opportunity to refine strategies, to refine my risk model, to work on myself and my own psychology. But in that moment, I couldn't see that. Um, so it was, it was the perfect, it was the perfect thing to happen to me. Now when I look back on it, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change a thing about it. Um, it was the perfect thing that happened in my trading career. Um, but yeah, I needed, I needed that experience, but because I was attached to that fantasy to that unrealistic expectation, that's why it was so painful. And that's why it was such a, uh, such a catalyst in my life. But yeah. that's why I, I find it interesting going back to that moment, just yeah. to, just to be, become aware of that. Cause, cause I suppose from there, you, you obviously, you know, went off and did a whole bunch of mindset stuff uh, and came back and you still trade to this day. So, how were you able to to take on board the mindset stuff that you knew were, was going to be useful for you going forward? And it wasn't like, you know, I suppose, how did you sort of take all that information on board and then distill it down to something that was going to be useful? And then were you able to apply it to your own trading? And how did you sort of get to the point where you're like, yes, this formula works? Yep. Yeah, so my studies, I, a lot of my studies, I did with um, Dr. Dr. John D. Martini, who I think is uh, uh, one of the one of the leaders in, in this field. Um, 
and it's it's not it's not the the common um, psychology stuff. It's very it's a very systematic process. It's very systematic teaching. So the moment I saw the teachings and I learned the teachings, they they resonated with me, um, and I could go back and easily apply the step by step formulas, the step by step processes to get uh, to get transformation. And it's like I knew the moment I had those realizations of my trading. It's from going from a perception of the, the 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 losing the funding of this is such a terrible thing in my trading to actually hold on this was actually an opportunity to go through and refine strategy um, to learn the mindset stuff to bring to surface all the vulnerabilities I had so I can go in and address them um, to get out of um, um, you know there, there was some complexity in, in in the investment deal that I didn't necessarily want to deal with long term so it was an opportunity to 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 go get out of that and to uh, learn from those lessons and put in place things that were more sustainable in the future. So when you have those realizations, uh, you know, the psychology work stuff works. Um, and, you know, I always had in the back of my mind, does this stuff actually work? Uh, and it wasn't until I started to work with other traders that it really started to confirm that it does work. Um, and you, you start to work with other traders, you start to see them have the breakthroughs, you start to see them have the aha moments and start to get results with that. Um, I think it's an ongoing process, right? You don't have that real, you don't, you don't have the certainty in it straight away, but as you work with more and more traders, uh, you start to get them results. You realize, you know, this stuff actually does work. And it's a, it's something that I can duplicate and replicate in trade in all traders if they're willing to work. Um, so yeah, that's something I'm, I'm very certain of now. And, and I think that's, that in itself is a, is a big issue is that if the traders aren't willing to work. They're not yep. willing to do it. They'll do the work. So, I mean, you said here, you know, you, you applied the process. I mean, how is it that you were able to consistently apply it? What do you think made you a bit different from other people out there? Well, I think I think some traders are willing to do the work. Um, it's sort of what we talked about before. I think it depends on how valuable trading is to you. I think I think it all comes down to value. It's like if you know trading is the thing you want to be doing and that this process I'm going to apply is the thing that will help me get that result. And you see the value in applying that process to your trade and getting get it done. Um, I think there's a, and this is another thing that I, I, I see very common. I think some traders come into the industry um, or some individuals come into the industry to be traders. Um, and it's just something they do on the fly. It's something to do, they do to make a little bit of extra cash. And in my opinion, those aren't necessarily the traders that succeed. The traders that succeed that I've seen are the ones who have extremely high value on, on, on trading. They love it. It's all they do. Maybe their dad was a trader. Maybe maybe their uncle was a trader. Maybe they're born in a trading family, or maybe they just have such a high value on trading. It's what they do. Those are the traders that succeed because they're going to do anything it takes to get the results. Um, so I think it comes down to how much you value trading itself, um, how much you value your success as a trader. And some traders will say, I value it highly. But then if you look at what their life demonstrates and maybe they're going out and doing something else, then they don't actually value trading. Their life will demonstrate it if they, if they value trading. Mm. Um, but I think for me, I just, I just knew it was what I wanted to do. I loved it. Um, so I was willing to do whatever it took to, to get the results in it. Yeah, it's, in- it's an interesting point you make because I think, I mean, trading in, a, in, a, in my mind is – it's a, it's a, it is the pinnacle of gen, wealth generation, right? If you can mm. become a successful day trader, you are essentially got the best of the the best of the best in terms of 
wealth generation because you can do it like on your own terms you got no no um other people that you need to be involved in there's no people management it's all just capital you're making your capital work and capital is a you know a virtual thing so it is essentially the best of the best and i think it was um naval podcast and i, I even think you might have did you follow that was it you somebody naval yeah like i like naval yeah yeah because yeah, i saw I, th- I saw something recently i might have been on your page or whatever but um he he talked about that and it is the pinnacle right so if it's the pinnacle then essentially it's going to be the hardest to to mm. to generate some kind of revenue from so therefore you're better off doing something else sell something in your garage if you want to make some extra money versus try and become a trader unless the motivation's there now you sort of touched on motivation a bit there i mean do you want to sort of go into into when you might say call out somebody who isn't motivated enough? Well, I, I think this is such a great uh, such a great point. I see two different types of traders. I see traders who have an extremely high value in trading. It's what they do. It's what they love. Um, the the best trader I know has that. He has an extremely high value in trading. It's all he does. Um, he dedica- dedicates his life to it. He doesn't really do anything else. Um, there's also traders who have trading as a means to an end, which is fine. I'm not saying one's good, one's bad. But sometimes trading can be an extremely high value to It's all you do. Sometimes it can be a means to just create income to then do what you love. Right? There's a, there's a, yeah. there's a key distinction there, right? So let's say, for example, you have an individual who has an extremely high value on their family and they just want the best for their family and they're learning to trade to provide for their family. That's, that's fine. That's, that's one option. The other option here is that an individual just has a high value on, on trading. It's just what they love, Okay. Now, the individual who has an extremely high value in trading, chances are they're not going to really struggle with motivation at times if they're doing high priority actions, if they're doing high priority and high value tasks. It's usually what I see that the traders who have a high value in something else and have trading as a means to an end that at times struggle with motivation and discipline because they would rather be doing the thing they have a high value on as opposed to trading. So the key, the key link they need to make in their mind, and this is all perception work, the key link they need to make in their mind is they need to see how doing the trading stuff actually helps with what is of high value. So they need to make clear in their mind how, for example, trading will actually help their family or how doing the action steps that they're lacking motivation to will help their family. Again, I think it's all about what you perceive will give you the greatest value in that particular point in time. So it's, it's, it's okay. I think right now I probably have, a uh, higher value in my education and performance coaching business than I do in my trading. But I see the link in my mind. I see how me continuing to trade actually helps that business. Um, and it helps me bring new things to my clients and serve my clients to a greater degree because me as a trader, um, me going off and trading, it, it brings to surface new things I need to improve, which then helps me create new principles and tools to help my traders as well. So I can see that me going off and continuing to trade is actually helping my highest value. And I think if, if, if every trader make, is first and foremost honest with themselves to recognize, you know what, maybe trading is a means to an end for me, um, and then make that link between trading and what is most important, then a lot of the issues with focus, discipline, motivation, they all go away because they see the link clear in their mind between the action steps they have to do as a trader and what is truly most important to them. And so so do you are you able to identify that fairly 
quickly when you meet with clients and how do you identify that so somebody listening to this might be able to go oh that's actually where i fall into yeah you just have to look at what your life demonstrates your life demonstrates what's most important to you um a lot of people say trading is extremely important to me but they may be working nine to five they maybe have a family their life demonstrates that other things are important to them um and so, so you really just have to have a look honestly look at your life what your life demonstrates you do every day what you spontaneously do, um, what you fill your space with, what you spend your money on. These are all indications of what your life demonstrates is most important to you. And you just have to be honest with yourself. And a, a lot, I think a lot of people just aren't willing to be honest with themselves. Um, but I think that's the key. And then once you under, identify what is most of value to you, you can then make that link between the action steps. Let's say something you have to do as a trader is 30 minutes of backtesting your day. Great. How is backtesting 30 minutes a day serve and benefit what's of most value to you and you make that link clear in your mind what's something else you have to do as a trader maybe 30 minutes of forecasting in the morning when you wake up and then making that link between that action step and what's most important to you so you see in your mind the value of doing those action steps um because if something's truly important to you you're not you're not not going to do it you're just going to you're going to spontaneously get it done mm. yeah you're so right and so i suppose if you're if, if you're like walking away from this podcast going well okay, go and do 30 minutes of backtesting and you're sort of coming up with excuses or procrastinating about it, you might be that might be your overall issue with the whole trading game, right? Well, that, that's the, sorry to cut you off, Cam, that's the signal, right? That's, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's a feedback talent making you aware that whatever you're expecting yourself to do, you just don't see as important. Mm. It's a feedback, right? Yeah. So then asking yourself, all right, why am I backtesting in the first place? And if you don't have a good reason to backtest, because sometimes people have injected beliefs from their mentors that you have to be backtesting every day, yeah. but it may not actually be that important to you right now. You may already have a crystal clear strategy. So all you need to do now as a trader is you need to go off and execute on your strategy. So the value on backtesting lowers, and it may not be important at this stage in your journey right now. So getting clear on why you're backtesting in the first place for this example if you don't already have a trading plan, then it would be wise to backtest 30 minutes a day so you can go off and develop that trading plan. But if you already have a trading plan and you just want to execute on that trading plan, maybe you don't need a backtest every day. So it's about identifying why you're doing a particular task, what value it will bring to your life. Um, and if you want to backtest 30 minutes a day, it's about stacking the benefits to backtesting 30 minutes a day by asking how is backtesting 30 minutes a day going to help me become a better trader, Right. And you can raise the value of that task and then you'll find that a lot of the issues with, with motivation and stuff, they aren't there. You just do it because you see it as a valuable task. Mm. And so this sounds like a, it's a goal setting thing as well. So you're obviously, my goal is to do this, that and the other thing. I mean, how do you uh, work with traders around goal setting? Yeah, so I have a I have a three-step process for goal setting. I call it my AIM framework. It's a bit of a uh, an acronym. AIM stands for Awareness, Intention, Momentum. Um, so first and foremost, you have to have a, an awareness of what your life demonstrates is most important to you. That's, that's really where it starts, right? This is what we we're talking about before. If a trader knows what's most important to them, they can then give themselves a great advantage because they know how they're internally wired. They know how they're going to act. They know where they're going to have motivation, discipline, et cetera. So you have to have a look, a clear look at what your life demonstrates is most important to you. That's the A. You then need to have a clear intention of where you would love to go. Let's say, for example, a trader would love to get funded. First and foremost, then you look at what their life demonstrates is most important to them. Okay, me working my nine to five job is most important. That's what my life demonstrates. 
My intention is to get funded by the end of this year. Let's say it's the 8th of September now and you get funded by the 30, what, 31st of December, okay? Now, that's the intention. You want to ask yourself, what are the high priority actions I need to do to get to that state or to get to that goal? So I always like to take goals and chunk them down to action steps because when they're action steps, you can schedule them and you can actually get them done every day and you can build momentum towards that intention, that goal. So I want to get funded by the end of the year. Great, I'd be going through a few things. So I have a clear trading plan with an edge. If it's a no, great. I'm going to dedicate 30 minutes a day to back testing and 30 minutes a day to refining that data and putting together my trading plan. There's two action steps right there. If you already do have a a trading plan, I'd go to the next stage. Do I have the proper psychology? Do I have the proper mental models to be able to deal with the emotions of winning and losing? If it's a yes, you can move on to the next stage. If it's no, maybe I'm going to watch a bit of my YouTube. I'm going to watch someone someone else's YouTube on trading psychology, okay? Then if I already have those things, what's the last action step? It's just executing on that trading plan every day flawlessly. That's ultimately what's going to get you the results. So it's a bit of a, you know, once you set that intention, you then want to work backwards and identify clear action steps you can focus on every day because it's ultimately executing on those action steps every day that's going to get you the goal, Um and I talk about this a lot, talk about setting a clear intention, finding those action steps. And you can almost forget about that goal. You could forget about that intention, focus on those action steps. And you'll look back in a few months time and you realize I'm 90, 90% towards my goal or achieved my goal. Um, so I think identifying those action steps is the key. And then again, you want to make sure those action steps are clearly linked to what's most important to you in your mind. Right? You want to see that doing those action steps is important and valuable. You know the why behind those action steps because then you won't struggle with motivation and, and, and discipline and those types of things. That's the aim, aim framework. You have to have an awareness of who you are. You want to have an intention, a clear intention, a clear goal, the I, and you want to build momentum by doing action steps every day, the aim, A-I-M. Yeah, and I suppose what that sort of brings to my mind is the guys that are that are sort of like jumping from you know Instagram to YouTube uh, to chat, Telegram chat, and they're filling their minds with all this stuff, and then they're sort of forgetting to to put a plan together for their, their own selves. They're sort of you know consuming. I mean, how do you do you ever come across that? And and how do you help people who are who are sort of like you know just scatterbrained with everything? Definitely, and I, I think I experienced this in my own journey as well, um, where I was part of a lot of different communities, and I think the communities is 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 a big one for traders because trading is an individual thing. Right. Everybody has different risk tolerances. Everybody loves taking slightly diff- different setups. Everybody sees the market in their own unique way. So I got to a point in my journey where I had a trading plan. I knew exactly what I was looking for. I knew exactly what I love to trade. But then I was still part of communities and I was still part of groups where I was inundated by everybody else's beliefs and every- what-, what everybody else loved to trade and all that type of stuff. Um, and that impacted my own ability to go off and execute on my, on my trading plan. So I made a decision then that um, I just wanted to, I wanted to be independent as a trader. I left, I left the community, I left the trading groups. And again, I'm not, I'm not promoting this. I don't think it's necessarily right for everybody, but I think you get to a stage in your journey where you have a clear trading plan, you have a clear system, you know what you look for, then a lot of that looking left and right is only a distraction at that point. But you also have to dig deep and ask yourself, why do I feel compelled to look left and right? 
is there a lack of certainty in my own trading plan? Because that's usually that's usually the, the key thing, Cam, is that the reason, there's a reason why they're looking left and right, they're looking on Telegram, they're looking in their community, is because they don't truly feel certain in their own trading plan. And I think that definitely rings true for me as well. Um, there were certain components in my trading plan. Um, I think at the time it was around entry criteria when I was taking entries that I wasn't 100% certain in. And that was what was leading to me looking to other people and looking for help and that type of stuff. And that's great. That made me aware of something I needed to refine in my trading plan to go and do backtesting to refine that component. So you are certain with it. And then you have the opportunity to be more independent as a trader. Um, so I would, I would be using all these things as feedback. All right, I'm getting distracted a lot. I'm going on Telegram. I'm going in my trading community. I'm looking at what my, my mentor is doing. That's all feedback that you're not certain in your own trading yourself. What components am I not certain in? Am I certain in my entries? Am I certain in my management? Am I certain in my risk? If not, which components am I not certain in? And then how can I set action steps like 30 minutes of backtesting to get certain in that particular component? And then you refine your trading plan and then you have more certainty in yourself as a trader. So I a lot of these things that people say, like people say emotions are bad. People say um, limited beliefs are bad. I, I don't agree. I think they're all feedback helping you making you aware of what components need to be refined either within yourself or within your trading. And do you think, do you think procrastination is part of that, uh, that distraction that's happening there? I, I think again, that's a feedback. Um, for example, we only procrastinate. It's like, imagine you had, you know, someone you love dearly, like you, you really love them. Um, if someone was to go off and attack them or hurt them, God forbid, but, let's say this for an example, let's say your, your, your best friend or your family member is getting attacked. Nobody's going to be sitting back saying, oh, I'm going to procrastinate or I'm procrastinating to go and help that person, right? It just doesn't exist in that scenario because nobody procrastinates towards things that are truly important to them. If a particular objective or a task was extremely, extremely important, they wouldn't procrastinate. There's no issues with, with motivation, so again, I think procrastination is a feedback to people, making them aware that the particular task they're trying to do, in their mind, they just don't see it as important enough. And that's where you have to be really honest with yourself is, all right, let's say, for example, the procrastinating to backtesting. Uh, am I expecting myself to backtest because my guru or my mentor told me to backtest? Or do I truly think backtesting is a wise thing for me to do to help me become a better trader? If it's, if it's just an injected belief and there's no value in backtesting at that stage of that trader's journey, then they have to be honest with themselves and realize, you know what, I'd much rather use that time to do something else more productive. If it is a valuable thing, then you need to ask yourself, how is backtesting serving and benefiting my ability to become a better trader? And they need to make that link, raise the value of the task, and then the procrastination won't be an issue. Um, and we do this, I do this extensively in my programs and I show traders how to link particular important action steps to what is of value to them and motivation isn't an issue procrastination is, isn't an issue anymore it's an, yeah okay right so we, we haven't even jumped into like a actually trading at the moment we're sort of getting to the point of being yeah. you know in the as an active trader so i mean what what about things like uh, fear and greed and um being focused and being disciplined i mean how do you how do you get people over those hurdles yeah, fear and greed is is probably the biggest one. It's the biggest challenge I've seen. I see traders traders dealing with. There's a few principles that I've put together, a few tools um, that I think are, are very useful for this. First and foremost, when we just talk about emotions in general, 
I think the biggest thing that kickstarts a particular emotional response is actually the expectation you have before you get into a position. Okay. Um, so let's say, for example, a trader is looking at euro dollar long for the day, right? And they're thinking in their mind that I'm going to buy euro dollar, euro dollar is going to go up. Or I'm going to buy Bitcoin, Bitcoin's going to go up. Or I'm going to buy Tesla, Tesla's going to go up. That's an expectation. That's a uh, an idea. That's a, a bias that that trader has in the market. Now, they create these ideas and fantasies in their in their mind, in what I call the virtual market. There's a very big difference between the virtual market in our mind and the real market in the real life, right? What a lot of traders do is they create these ideas in the virtual market and they go off and they project these expectations onto the market. And they think Euro dollar is gonna go up and they buy Euro dollar because of this expectation they have in their mind, because of this thought they have in their mind. Now, if Euro dollar goes down, and it goes counter to their expectation, it goes counter to their bias, they're going to be extremely disappointed because in their mind, they're buying euro dollar. They think it's going to go up and euro dollar going up means pleasure. It means money. It means potentially a funded account. It means potentially looking good in front of their community. It's all these pleasurable things. So if euro dollar goes the other way, by law of contrast, it's all pain because they're losing all these fantasies and unrealistic expectations that project onto the market. So, I really think that the emotional response is kickstarted by those initial expectations. And I talk a lot about not having expectations in the outcome before you go into a particular position. If we have expectations on what we think the outcome is going to be, we can't be present with the market. We can't listen to what the market's actually trying to communicate to us because we're stuck in the virtual market in our head, thinking we're right, projecting those ideas onto the market. So, it's really important to have an awareness of what your expectation is before you get into a position. Am I taking Euro dollar long because I think it's going to go up? That's an outcome-based expectation. You're left susceptible to being highly emotional and making poor decisions. Or am I taking Euro dollar long because what the market's showing me aligns with my criteria and my trading plan? That's a process-based decision. That's a decision you can make over a thousand trades that actually has an edge. So I think if first and foremost, if traders distinguish between the two different types of decisions they're making, are they making an outcome-based decision based on what they think, or are they making a process-based decision based on their edge, based on what their trading plan demonstrates, then they do maybe 60 to 70% of the job of eliminating emotional trading and poor decision-making from their trading. the, The expectations before they take a position have a huge impact on the emotional response. So that's the first thing I try and teach traders is can you build up that self-awareness before you take a position of what the thought process and the story is in their mind so they can capture any of those outcome-based expectations, they can ground them and they can learn to be present with the market. That's, that's step number one, right? Now, on top of that, let's say, for example, they do take a loss. In their mind, a lot of traders come into the markets thinking that losing is bad, winning is good. Right? We're programmed throughout life camp to, especially I think sport does this a lot, right? When you lose in sport, you're, you know, you're reprimanded, you have to work harder, people say bad luck. And we learn to associate pain to losing and, and losing equals bad in our mind. That's the association we have. And so too, when we win in sport, we think winning is good. And we learn to associate a lot of pleasure to winning and we get rewarded, we get trophies, we get recognition. So we have this initial bias as individuals, as human, human beings coming into the market that losing is bad, winning is good. 
But I think it's that bias that actually stops traders from having consistent results because sometimes losing is an essential part of your edge. And if we're thinking losing is bad, we're going to disrupt the very edge we need to execute on to have consistent results. Losing and winning are both essential parts of a trader's journey. And I think traders need to learn how to manage losing and how to manage winning and reprogram their mind not to see losing as bad, not to see it as good, but to see it as a neutral outcome. And not to see winning as good, not to see it as bad, but to see it as a neutral outcome. And I have particular processes that I take traders through to help them reprogram their mind in a sense to start seeing both winning and losing as neutral outcomes. So they're not judging the outcome and that allows them to just execute on their edge. Because if you see losing is bad, you're going to be fearful when the market presents opportunities. You're not going to act in the market. You're not going to be executing your edge. You're not going to be executing your trading plan. If you're elated when you win, you're going to perceive yourself above the market. You're going to feel invincible and you're going to start projecting low quality setups onto the market. And again, you're not trading your edge. So traders really need to learn how to manage losing and winning to see them as neutral outcomes so they can get back to executing their edge. Um, and that's really the, the bread and butter that, that I love to teach traders because I think when they get that, when they learn how to, to manage losing and winning, um, their results go to the next level. And, and how does somebody, I suppose you just answered the question, I was going to say, how does somebody know when, when they've managed that, uh, that sort of balance? They, they will feel balanced. Um, I, uh, I, I had an interesting uh, interaction with uh, a really great trader who just, um, who just uh, they closed their first six-figure position. So one position was, was six-figure profit. And I asked them, how, how do you feel about that? And their response was so balanced. It was like, it's, it's just what it is. They weren't elated. They weren't happy. They weren't excited. It's just, it is what it is. It's just, it, was just, it was just another outcome. That's an individual who's been through so much with their trading that they've learned to be balanced on the outcome. Yeah. Because here's the thing, if you're, if you're addicted to winning and you're elated when you win, pain, uh, losing is going to be extremely painful. And it's the addiction to winning that actually creates the pain of losing because they're pairs of opposites in your mind. So uh, let's, I, I, I take traders to an exercise where we go back to their most painful loss and I ask them, go back to that moment, get present in that moment. We identify the action that led to that loss that they perceive themselves doing and I just ask them a very simple question. How was it a benefit to you? How was that loss a benefit? How did it serve you in that moment mm. and from that moment until today? And traders get to a point where they realize that, you know, when I lose, I have greater motivation, accountability to go off and test and refine my system. When I lose, it makes me aware of um, things to refine in my system. When I lose, I'm more teachable and open. And I continue to learn and I continue to watch YouTube videos and watch my mentors and, and continue to develop as an individual. When I lose, I appreciate my family more. When I lose, I actually work out um, because I, I realize I need to balance my life more and I, I, I get back to high priority things. Um, and, and when I lose, I have more accountability to stick to the high priority setups of my trading plan. And we keep stacking the benefits. We don't make them up, but we have a look at what's actually there in the moment, but it's been blocked out by a bias initially. Um, and the trader comes to realize that, you know what, losing in that moment wasn't actually bad. It wasn't good either. It was just, it was neutral. It had both advantage and disadvantage, like everything, right? And we also go back to their most pleasurable wins. I ask them, how is it a drawback in that pleasurable win? 
And they start to see that when I win, um, I, cl I close off, I become arrogant, I puff myself up and I start projecting low quality setups into the market. I don't trade my plan. When I win, I'm, in, I'm arrogant in front of friends and family, right? When I win, I become complacent. When I win, I, I become less teachable. I don't learn as much. And we help them see that winning has drawbacks as well. So when you can start to see in your mind that losing has benefits, right? And winning has drawbacks, you start to dampen the emotional response to winning and losing. And you give yourself permission to execute the hundred, if not thousand trades your edge needs to become a consistently profitable trader. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it's it, all does, it does. I'm sort of just thinking in the back of my mind, like the somebody whose goal would be, you know, to, to pass a funding challenge, for example, or, or get funded, mm -hmm. or get funding. Uh, I mean, how, how, so they've got a goal, they achieve that goal, which is not necessarily, you know, it's not a trade per se, it's more of a, an overall goal. Would, would you sort of even, how, how would you approach that sort of thinking around, well, you know, you're going to reach their goal over whatever period of time, a month or whatever, yep. and you're probably going to be feeling pretty good about yourself at that point because you've achieved yep. that goal. How do you sort of dampen down that kind of win? Well, we in my um, in my program, I've got a 12-week challenge where I go through the 12 steps that I created from all the, the stuff we talked about before. Um, the, the 11th step is before traders go for funding, I get them to write an extensive list of the drawbacks of being a funded trader because – you have to you have to imagine most traders are going for funding. They have it way up on a pedestal, and what they've done is they they put trading the funding account way up on a pedestal, and they've self minimized in turn. Right, they minimize themselves to the funding, and what happens in this state is a trader lacks confidence. Right, they're not confident because they've got funding way up on a pedestal and they've minimized themselves here. Right, so what we do is we go in and make an extensive list of the drawbacks of funding, help them see the other side of the funding because funding has two sides. So it has advantage and disadvantage, but traders are only aware of the advantages. That's why they're going for it. I think a lot of the marketing is pushing traders to just see the advantages of funding. So we make an extensive list of the drawbacks of funding, right? All the consequences, all the risks. And we're just doing our due diligence here. We're playing with foresight, right? Just like any good business person would do. What are the drawbacks of this, of this deal I'm going into? Right? What are the drawbacks of buying this massive skyscraper and doing a property development here? You have to be aware of the risks in advance so you can mitigate them, you can manage them. Um, this is not something I did when I went for my first round of funding. Right? This is something I wish I did. So make an extensive list of the drawbacks. And what you've done now after you've, you see the funding as both having advantage and disadvantages, you've taken it off the pedestal, you've leveled yourself with it, all of a sudden you have confidence, you're not self-minimizing in respects to the funding. And you've also got a list of the potential drawbacks of being a funded trader that you can now go in and mitigate and put risk controls for, right? For example, one of the biggest goal, uh, one of the biggest challenges that sneaks up on traders is funding is their only motivation to trade. Once they, they want to get funded, that's their only goal. And I worked with a trader on this recently. The moment he got funded, he lost all his motivation. <laughs> to, to get to get up and right. trade because because he had reached the end part of his mind his end vision for a trader he had a brick wall in front of him doesn't there's nothing beyond yeah. that and that's one of the the um the drawbacks we actually did we did this process after he got funded but you can do it both before and after um and then we asked him all right that's a big drawback how can you mitigate that what's an action step you can actually do to to mitigate that particular 
that particular drawback. Um, and all we did was we expanded his vision as a trader. We expanded we expanded the vision for for what he wanted to do with his life and his funding. And and we helped him see funding just as a stepping stone in a, in a larger vision as a trader, as opposed to the end the end goal. Um, and so yeah, going through and listing the drawbacks to the funding, mitigating each of those drawbacks, the big ones, right? Um, that helps you prepare for the funding. It helps you take it off the pedestal. It helps you become more balanced. Um, I've also seen, Cam, that the traders that are most delayed when they get funded, they're usually the quickest to lose it. Um, and I'm, 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 yeah. talking, I'm talking from experience there as yeah. well. Um, so it's, it's about being balanced on the particular goal. It's about seeing both sides of the goal. The, go- the, the funding is going to have both advantage and disadvantage, whether you're aware of it or not. So you need to be aware of, yes, the benefits of being a funded trader, an awesome opportunity to leverage your trading. I'm, I'm a huge promoter of funded, uh, funded, funded accounts um, and prop firms, um, but they have drawbacks as well. You have to be aware of the risks, um, the drawbacks, all those types of things, and that gives you an opportunity to mitigate those things, integrate funding into your life nicely so it works with your life, um, and be prepared for both sides of the funded account. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I asked that question because that's a great answer. Uh, and I'm sure it's going to help a lot of guys out there who are looking at it, getting funding. Now, um, one thing that you sort of touched on a little bit was the losing side of it. And it just reminds me of a, a guest I've had on the show, Tom Hugard, who who talked, he wrote, wrote a book actually called Best Loser Wins. Now, he's not like a mindset coach or anything, but his uh, sort of solution to, to losing was to to add to your winners as a potential fix to that problem whereby you're, I mean, he did a whole bunch of research and found that, you know, most traders or the traders that lose tend to win a lot, but lose more than they win, hence why they end up down. Whereas his solution is we'll add to your winners and that will fix your mindset issue around around uh, around like cutting winners early or, or letting w- losers run. What What's your sort of view on on that kind of approach? Well, I'm not 100% familiar with uh, Tom's Tom's work with that, um, but what I've seen work in, in my journey, um, uh, working with a lot of traders now in my studies of human behavior and psychology, is that you want to transcend both polarities of winning and losing. You want to be neutral on both outcomes because if you think about it, the way you have consistency as a trader, consistent results come from consistent execution of an edge. That's it. It's as simple as that. If you have a predefined edge, a trading plan, a system that you know will yield you your results, then the way you have consistent profits is by consistently executing on that edge. Now, the thing that I've seen, the two things that I've seen stops traders from consistently executing on that edge is greed and fear, right? And greed comes from being elated when you win and fear comes from being uh, having resentment towards losing. Right, that's that's where that's where the greed and fear comes from. So if you can learn to transcend, it's and I use the word learn intentionally. It's a process that you have to train your brain to go through. If you can learn to transcend the outcome of losing, so you're not down when you lose. Maybe initially you are, but you have a process to find the benefits, go back to a state of equilibrium with that, and you're not elated when you win. Maybe you are initially a little bit, but you find the drawbacks to dampen your emotional response, and you go back to a state of equilibrium. When you transcend those outcomes, the next trade, you come as a blank slate, you can execute on that edge again. So I'm, I'm more, I, I more so promote, you want to be balanced on the outcome, on both outcomes, losing and winning, 
so you can get back to executing your edge and executing your, your plan. Okay. Um, and that's why I think having a good trading system, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, a trading mindset and performance coach, but I still promote you need to have a good system. You need to have a good trading plan. It's having a good system, a good trading plan helps immensely with your mindset and vice versa. Now, um, talking about systems, I, I want to ask a question around like if somebody, who, have you worked with anyone who's been like a, an algorithmic trader? So they're only trading through algorithms. They're not pressing the buy and sell buttons themselves. The robot's doing it for them. Have you worked with any of those kind of traders? And and if so, how does the approach differ? Um, I haven't I haven't worked. Uh, I, no, I haven't worked with um, any algo traders. Um, I know some people who do who do who code algos um, for other traders, um, but I think yeah, I, I, I think that um, the people I've worked with have more so been on the development side, so they're quite unattached to the actual uh, to the actual outcome. Um, but no, I, ha- I I can't really speak on that much. No. Okay. Okay. And um, and last question: Is there anything I haven't asked that I should have asked today? Because you've you've revealed a lot, and I, I'm just wondering if I missed out something. Um, no, I think, I think if, you know, really to, to summarize the work I do, um, I think traders need to be honest, just to summarize what we talked about today, Cam, um, I think traders really need to be honest about what their life demonstrates is most important. That's step one. If trading's not the top, that's fine. It doesn't have to be, but you want to link your trading to whatever it is and ask yourself, how is me becoming a great trader actually going to help with what's most important to me? Um, I also think that it's important to be balanced on the outcome of winning and losing, um, and having a clearly defined edge, a very system-based process or trading plan that traders can execute on. Um, and then when you're balancing the outcome of winning and losing, it gives you permission to just execute on that edge. Um, so that's really you know, a summary of what we talked about today. Um, consistent results come from consistent execution on that edge. The way you have consistent execution on the edge is by being balanced emotionally after winning and losing so you can get back to your, to your trading plan. Brilliant. Well, look, um, before we wrap up, what's the best way for the traders to get hold of you? I've got my uh, YouTube. Um, I've got about 200 plus trading mindset videos on there. Um, if if uh, guys and girls want to check that out, there's a lot of stuff there. I encourage them to find the common theme between my videos because there is a common theme. Um, I, um, I just communicate in different ways. I've also got my Instagram, my, my personal Instagram, Pat Bay Looney. Um, I've also got my Master Your Trading Mindset Instagram, which is Master Your Trading Mindset. Uh, and if traders would like to message me, have questions, feel free to do so. They can message me on Instagram. It's probably the best place to go. Brilliant. Well, look, a big thank you to Pat for sharing with us today. Everything we've discussed here along with all those links are going to be in the show notes. To find them, simply search for Pat in the search box on tradingnut.com. Until next time, wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. Hey, folks, ever wonder what broker I use? Well, I use Hanko Trade. It was a no-brainer because I was looking for a broker with good trading conditions and one that wouldn't restrict my leverage. Now, by joining Hanko Trade, I've also cut down my trading costs significantly with their super low commission of just $1 per 100K. You can learn more at hankotrade.com or just click the link I've put in the description. All right, folks, there you have it. Interview done and dust with Pat. Now, do remember we did shoot a video after this where he breaks down a price chart from a mindset point of view. So what people are most likely thinking when they're trading uh, on a price chart. So a really unique first on the channel kind of video here. You've got to go and check that out. If you're on the YouTube channel now, hit subscribe, hit like, click on that notific- notifications bell so you don't miss it or click on the link to Pat's uh, show notes and it will be on there. You may, it may have already been released. Uh, other things here, do remember, 
if you are struggling with mindset and you're thinking that maybe I'll automate some of what I can do so I'll get over that hurdle and then all I've got to do is click a button on the chart and it'll execute my trade, then go and check out my Robot Builders Club. I've got a free trading robot for you to try to see what's uh, what you can actually create. And also there is uh, the Robot Lab Live where you can see me build out over the course of uh, every single week a trading robot that we're going to we're trying to build to pass uh, and withdraw from a funded trader program. So this, I think we're in week four at the moment, or week five, and every week we're improving and getting further along the journey here. So that's Robot Lab Live. You can go and check that out, or Robot Builders Club and get the whole lot. All right, folks, enough from me. We'll see you in the next video.